Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story this week, Misomania. Misomania took place yesterday as I'm recording this April 15th. Let me run down the events at Misos Mania, the main creative competitor tournament, the featured matches, and before I get into the events of the day, they did have a small pre-show tournament on the night of the 14th. Nine players, round-robin tournament, so each player played the other eight, and they used what's called the Bluegrass Beatdown. I don't know if they call it a stipulation, but the Bluegrass Beatdown match type. What that is is this. Your stops don't count toward progression to get other cards in play. What does that mean? So normally, in Super Show, if I have a lead in play, I can play a follow-up. If I have a follow-up in play, I can play a finish. That includes cards you played to stops. So first turn, my opponent wins a turn roll. They play scoop slam, a lead grapple. I play punch, a lead strike, stop, and a lead grapple. Next turn, I could play a follow-up because I have a lead in play. In the bluegrass beatdown format, you could not play a follow-up. You would have to play a lead. You could not count cards in play that were played to stop cards for the progression to go from no cards in play to a finish. There was no top cut in this after the round-robin portion. They just looked at the best records. The top three end up being in third place, playing as Lycan, Kyle Crabtree, the creator of Lycan. Now, there were two other people in this event that had the same record as Lycan. They used strength of schedule to actually break it down to declare a third place, fourth place, and fifth place. And based on strength of schedule, Kyle Crabtree took third. In second place, playing as his creation, the Iron Sultan, the Cannoli, and the winner, playing as his creation, the Grim Librarian, Ken Fouché. Congratulations to him for winning the pre-show. Saturday, we'll go ahead and start talking about the Creative Competitor Tournament, and then I'll go through the featured matches. For the featured matches, I'll give you who was in them, I'll give you the results. I was not able to really watch every single featured match all the way through. A number of these matches were taking place simultaneously. As a result, I'd go watch some of one match, then go watch some of another, go back and forth. Sometimes I wasn't there when big things happened. Sometimes I wasn't there when the match ended. And then some of these did go on while I was playing other matches, so I may have missed part of them for that reason. But I did my best and I'll give you what I have. I'm going to give you the results of the tournament first, and then start going into the featured matches. The featured matches did not happen at all during the preliminary rounds. They started to happen after the top cut, after people were eliminated from the tournament. There were 47 players per the challenge in this event. I know there were buys in the early rounds, 
I did hear some people dropped throughout. I don't have any information on that. But the challenge says there were 47 players overall. There were six Swiss rounds of play. Each round had a 45-minute time limit. After you hit 45 minutes, any matches still in progress, the crowd meter immediately went up to crowd meter 5. After the six Swiss rounds, there was a cut to top 16. All of the players with records of 4 and 2 or better got in. The total of these players, the players that went 4 and 2, 5 and 1, 6 and 0, actually added up to 17 players. So the decision was made to have a plan match. There were two players who went 4 and 2 who had a bye. And so those two players played off. It was the Hallow King as the original EC3 versus Harvey Luster as the brand new Matt Stevens. They played off to play in to see who would get into the top cut. Harvey Luster makes the top cut. So we have a top 16, and then it's just single elimination in the round of 16. In the quarterfinals, when you got to the semifinals, they were main event matches. When you hit the finals, it was a main event match. Kirk Polka, who's won multiple, multiple creative competitor tournaments, ends up getting to the semifinal round this close to making the finals and potentially winning another creative competitor tournament. But that doesn't happen. Instead, he is defeated by TVA's Possum King, Charles Gordon. Charles Gordon was playing as the Phoenix TV Fresh. He defeated Polka, playing as Mr. C, the competitor he used to win the last Marktoberfest. Got him in a main event match at Crowdmeter 2. The other man to make the finals, also from the TVA, Drew Madsen, using Amazing Red to win his semifinal match, also at Crowdmeter 2, and make the final. So, TVA's Commissioner Drew Madsen versus the Possum King, Charles Gordon, in the finals, also a main event match, also goes to Crowdmeter 2. The winner at Crowdmeter 2, who will get to create a competitor in Super Show the Game, the TVA's Commissioner, Drew Madsen. Congratulations to Drew Madsen for taking Amazing Red all the way to the top and getting to make a competitor for Super Show the Game. That was the tournament. Now on to the featured matches. There were quite a few featured matches. The first one that kicked off was for the Bluegrass Championship. I didn't even know the Bluegrass was going to be defended, but Bluegrass Champion Jeff McPeak took Merlin Von Berlin, the competitor he's using, and faced off against challenger Colton Jankowski. Colton took Candyman to try to get that championship. Standard singles match ends up going to crowd meter three. The winner, still champion, Jeff McPeak. Congratulations to Mr. McPeak for retaining the Bluegrass Championship. I'll also mention this here. I've heard different things. I've heard it described as Colton Jankowski's girlfriend. I've heard it described as wife. I believe it's wife. Was in a car accident. From what I understand, she has been released from the hospital. So we're hoping she's in good health. Hopefully she's okay. I've only seen what I would say is good news so far. That's the first featured match. Next, the LFF Hardcore Championship on the line. 
the challenger, Keith Overby, the frequent flyer, playing as Flip Gordon, the original Flip Gordon, not the mercenary. He is taking on champion Harvey Luster, playing as Scott Prime in a tables match. This match was streamed. Not every match was, but some of these featured matches were streamed, I believe, on Facebook. The winner at CrowdMeter 1, still champion Harvey Lester. Congratulations for your victory there. Next featured match, the LFF Triad Championship match. The champion, the cannoli, playing as the cannoli, takes on challengers, the foreman, playing as the XCW version of El Blanco Diablo, and subbing in for Colton Jankowski because of the situation I described earlier. He had to leave to meet her at the hospital. Brittany Strickland. Brittany Strickland plays as Bandersnatch, the competitor that Colton was going to play as, plays as Bandersnatch in this triad match. The match goes to crowd meter one. The winner, still champion, the Cannoli. Congratulations to the Cannoli. I believe this is his third successful defense of the triad championship. He is the winningest triad champion of all time. The Deep Six Championship up next. The challenger, Kirk Polka, the phenomenal one, playing as his creation, Najamai. The champion, Yasmin, playing as Amazing Red. Main event stipulation used. The match goes to crowd meter two. The winner, new champion, Kirk Polka. Kirk Polka is your deep six champion. First new champion of the night. Congratulations to him for that victory. Next up, we have the independent division finals. That is being run by the Cheetah Ian Chambers. Shane Strickland, playing as Jay White, takes on John Mathis, playing as Jessica Havoc. Standard singles match, as far as I know. The match goes to crowd meter one. The winner, Shane Strickland with Jay White. Congratulations to Shane Strickland for winning. As a result, Shane Strickland is now, and I apologize if I get this name wrong. I saw Ian Chambers post it, but I can't find that post. Shane Strickland is now the independent fighting spirit champion. If I have that wrong, I'm sorry, but he's now the champion of the independent division. Number one contender, from what I understand, John Mathis. So we'll see what happens there. But congratulations to Shane Strickland for being the new independent fighting spirit champion. The United States Championship is up next. The challenger, Miso's Creative Competitor Tournament winner, Drew Madsen playing as Jessica Havoc, the champion, the Grim Librarian Ken Fouché playing as the mayor of Slamtown Johnny Super Show. Standard singles match doesn't get past crowd meter zero. The winner, still champion, Ken Fouché. Congratulations to him for his victory. Finally, we get to the main event of Misomania, the Final match in the Barnyard Warfare series, the tag team match between Misos and the TVA. The winners win Barnyard Warfare 
and the winners will be factored into the birdcage match for a shot at the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. Representing Misos, the phenomenal one Kirk Polka as Haley Stevens, and Harvey Lester as Fortress, representing the TVA, Drew Madsen playing as Amazing Red, and Zach Achtley playing as Funtime Bob. This match went to Crowdmere 3. Fairly long match. The winners who will factor in to the Birdcage match, the team representing Miso's Game Room and Collectibles. Kirk Polka and Harvey Luster win. As a result, one of those two may be in the Birdcage match. There is a bit of a complication because Kirk Polka currently holds the Deep Six Championship winning it earlier that night, earlier the night of the 15th, and Harvey Lester retained his Hardcore Championship. So normally they don't like to double-book champions. We'll see what that means if they get in. We don't know how this match actually factors in. We were told by the general manager of the LFF, John Clace, that the match would have implications. But we don't know if the winners, one of the winners, would get into the birdcage. Just that the match would matter toward the final birdcage spots. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what announcements John Calace makes regarding the LFF contender birdcage match. That, though, is the final featured match wrapping up Miso Mania. Good event. Great to see all the people there at Miso's Mania. TVA traveled heavy. It's glad to see that. I kind of expected to see more Rust Belt people. Really didn't have any Rust Belt travel. BCW represented. The Unionverse was there on hand. We had some people traveling from Atlanta, from Tennessee. A very nice crowd showed up. The Mott Boys came down. Dangerous Alliance was there. The line was in the house. Again, 47 players. I got to see people I hadn't seen in a long time. We had two of the three kings on hand. Kobe the Kid was there. No permission slip necessary. I got to see the Hallow King. It's been a couple years since I've seen him. The first man to ever beat Kirk Polka in an Underworld Championship match, Brian Johnston, was there. The Phil Birch made an appearance. I believe he went 5-1 in the opening rounds, made the top cut. Big showing from Phil Birch at the CAC. So many people, I can't get all the names. Simple Chuck, Rambo Apocalypse. Like I said, if I just start shouting names, Titan, Piglet, the Mott Boys were there, Johnny Korea was there, Anarchy Sun running the tournament. Big thanks to Anarchy Sun for running the challenge, for keeping track of all the matches in the CAC, and being on hand to run demos. Many times while I was out there reporting matches, asking him questions, I saw him pitching Super Show to people coming in and out of the venue. So he did a great job representing Super Show the game. It was great to see everyone there. 
if I didn't mention your name, it's just because I forgot. It's not on you. It's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of me. Lunch was catered in from Taco Luchador. I hope I don't get this name wrong. I believe it was Jacob Hines who paid to have the lunch catered in thanks to him. I don't know if he's associated with the game at all. But thank you to him for catering in lunch. Thank you to Misos for hosting. Misos Game Room and Collectibles. The guests were on hand. Layla Gray, Luke Curtis, and Eric Cornish. I hope I got that last name right. If there's any criticism I have for the event, the guests would be the criticism. Number one, they were only there for a couple of hours. Now, that wasn't really, from what I saw or heard, announced anywhere how long they'd be there. I didn't expect them to be there the whole time. We ended up being there from noon till after 10 p.m. They were there from, best I saw, from around noon to 2 p.m. The other thing I'll bring up is pricing. There was no announcement anywhere that you would have to pay for autographs or photographs with your own phone if you wanted to get those from the three guests. Not just that, but for people who don't normally get autographs, if you're not expecting to pay, and I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting to pay. I didn't see anything saying that you'd have to basically pay for autographs. So I didn't really bring a lot of cash. I don't know if anyone else was like me. If other people knew, by the way, and I just miss it, I apologize. But I didn't know they were going to be charging. I don't think a lot of people knew they were going to be charging from discussions I had with people in the crowd. And they were a bit pricey. Just for autographs alone from what I saw, and I'm going from memory, I didn't take notes on this. So if I get any of this wrong, I'm sorry. But going from memory, for autographs alone, for a card or 8x10, Layla Gray was asking for $30. Luke Curtis was asking for $30. Layla Gray is, to me, based on my experience, a little pricey for her. From what I understand, she's not a huge name in AEW. She's sort of a sidekick to the current women's champion, Jade Cargill. And Luke Curtis, I've never heard of. Apparently, he wrestles for OVW, which is a wrestling promotion based out of Kentucky. I don't know if he's worked for anyone else. I just know he was from OVW. And then Eric Cornish is the announcer for OVW. He was charging $30 for a photo and autograph. Didn't see an autograph-only portion. For me, $30 is a bit high. To put that in perspective, next week at Huntsville, there are going to be four wrestling celebrity guests. Dan Housen is asking $30 for an autograph. Last week in Indianapolis, there was a big wrestling fan fest convention squared circle expo for a little bit of a comparison here's a price list from their website doesn't cover every guest but just to read off some al snow the blue meanie brian myers 
formerly known as Kurt Hawkins. $25 autographs. Demolition. Axe and Smash from WWE. $30 for both autographs. For both Axe and Smash of Demolition. Tugboat. The Shockmaster. $25. Darren Young of the Primetime Players. $20. Funaki. $30. Heath Slater. $25. The Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, 25. Matt Cardona, coming to Super Show sometime in the next few months, 30. Rhino, 25. Sabu, 30. Shane Douglas, 25. Tony Atlas, 20. Doink, 25. Cowboy Bob Orton, 25. Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon, 30. Ethan Page, 25. Eric Redbeard, formerly known as Eric Rowan of the Wyatt Family, 25. Eve Luno, formerly of the Super Smash Brothers slash Dark Order, 30. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor from AEW, 30. Juice Robinson from New Japan Pro Wrestling, 30. Red Velvet, 25. Willow Nightingale, 25. That's a partial list. Now, there are people on that list that were over 30, but this is an example of people who are less than 30 that I would argue are all bigger names than Layla Gray and Luke Curtis and Eric Cornish. So $30 was a bit high. I think if they'd have dropped that to 20 or 10, they'd have been signing autographs like gangbusters, but 30 just too much. I think also a lot of people aren't autograph hounds and they're not familiar with the pricing. So that may seem high. Also, a lot of times when Super Show has brought in guests, they haven't charged. They didn't charge a Grand Gathering. They didn't charge at Origins. So I think a little bit of sticker shock, and they were a little high, hurt the guests. But I'm glad Miso's brought them in. And maybe that was the condition. Maybe they had to charge that much to justify bringing them in. I don't know. But that's the one misstep. Otherwise, I think Miso's Mania went very well. I'm glad that Polka, Harvey Lester, all the guys out of Miso's, Michael Bailey, put on a great show. It was a great experience. That's the one blemish. But otherwise, everything was great. Great featured matches. Tournament ran smoothly. I only recall a couple matches going over time. Very happy with what they did at Miso's Mania. Hope they do more. That was Misos Mania, April 15th. The next big in-person event, Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo in Huntsville, Alabama. Taking place next weekend. That is April 21st through April 23rd. Afternoon, evening, Friday night, and then Saturday and Sunday during the day. Quick recap on prices. It's $70 for the weekend pass all three days, $30 to go Friday only, $40 to go Saturday only, $35 to go Sunday only. All VIP tickets sold out as of right now. There are a number of celebrity guests for wrestling. I mentioned to Dan Housen. In addition, you'll have two other AEW talents, Jungle Boy and Anna J. And you'll have WWE. WCW hardcore legend Mick Foley there. 
and then plenty of other celebrities on hand at Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. As far as Super Show, the game's concerned, SRG Universe will be there. They'll have a booth. They'll sell product. I don't know about events. I've looked at what they have for events at Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. I don't see anything listed for that. I did ask some of the Huntsville guys, the TVA guys, if they'd heard anything since it's in their backyard. They haven't heard anything. Hopefully this week coming up, they'll talk a bit about it on Talk of the Universe. They'll make some posts in the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook. And we'll learn more about Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. But I have very little to tell you at the moment. After that, the next big live event is the Legendary Realms Create a Competitor Tournament. Let me talk about that briefly. Tickets and information are currently available on supershowthegame.com. If you go to the shop section, there's an event section, not the online event section, an event section under shop. It's a $35 ticket. The date of the event is May 28th. May 28th, that is a Sunday. So an actual Sunday event. Don't see those too often, but Sunday, May 28th, 11 p.m. Looks like the store opens, registration opens. They want to start at noon. There will be diversity. So if multiple people play the same competitor, only the person with the best record for that competitor will make the top cut if one or more of them would qualify for the top cut. All the 2020 rules, erratas, are in effect. Peter Lionheart is booked. Snake Pit is booked. The original general manager, John Clay's competitor, is booked. And the Devil's Advocate is booked. Still surprised the Devil's Advocate continues to be booked now that his effect is only three times per match. I wonder why that's the case. But it's booked. Each person who attends will get a set of the Legendary Series. There are going to be six promo cards for this event. And then the winner of the Creative Competitor Tournament will get to make a competitor in Super Show the game. The store is located at 294 East Montauk Highway in Lindenhurst, New York. So if you're in that area and you want to go, they'd love to have you there. We may find out more stuff going on. I'm sure there's going to be featured matches and the like. I know there's been some talk about a match between Big Match Pete and John Pulverino for the LFF Tri-State Championship if John Pulverino is still the champion at that time. And then we'll have to see what other news comes out between now and then. But Legendary Realms Create a Competitor Tournament Sunday, May 28th. That's all the news I have about upcoming live in-person events. Let's talk about the CCC next. We now have the details for the third match in round one of the 2023 Create a Competitor competition. The three competitors in the match are Heinz Duncan, created by Bobby Ohio, The Dark Prince, created by The Nightmare King, and Rowdy Ron, created by Rowdy Ron. We're currently in the promo portion of that. The match was announced last Wednesday, the 12th. Players have from the 12th to the 19th to make promos, build hype, get people to vote for them, get out the vote. 
I've only seen promos from Rowdy Ron so far, two videos waiting to see things from the Dark Prince or Heinz Duncan. On April 19th, 10 p.m. Eastern, the voting will go live. Pat Mulligan, who runs the CCC, will make a post with the link to the poll. If you want to vote in the CCC, click the link, go to the poll. You can vote once an hour, every hour, for the person you want to see move on to round two. The poll will be open from 10 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday night, the 19th, to 10 p.m. Eastern, Saturday night, the 22nd. 72 hours to vote, once an hour, every hour, for either Heinz Duncan, Dark Prince, or Rowdy Ron to go on to round two to join the foreman, Maddie Bar One, and JAC in that round. I believe he has posted the biographies for those competitors to the SRG Super Show discussion group. I tried looking for them just a few moments ago. I could not find them, but I believe it's out there in the discussion group. They would have been posted between Wednesday night the 12th and the 16th as I'm recording this. That's the CCC news. I'm hoping we see more promos from Heinz Duncan and Dark Prince and Rowdy Ron. I like that you're putting out promos. Keep up the good work on promos. The CCC should be a good show. And so I hope people who are in it are prepared to put on a good show during their round. Putting on a good show is also going to help you get wildcard berths if you don't make the next round through the vote portion. They are going to be taking a number of wild cards into the next round. I think from what I understand, there are only, I want to say, six matches. I think there were only 18 people in this, so only six matches plus JAC, so only seven people will be there through the voting and the buy, and they will probably round it out with wild cards. So making promos and encouraging people to vote for you is going to help you get wild card berths if you can't win your match in the round. So keep trying, keep working if you want to move on. Even if you think you're getting blown out in the voting, you still have a shot. Let's talk about some championship news. First, we have details about the upcoming tournament to crown a contender for the United States Championship. A lot of things changed on the fly Wednesday night during Talk of the Universe. Here are the final results. There's going to be a field of 24 players. Eight of those players are former champions. The other 16 are brand new. And let me revise that slightly. Because of the other 16, one of them got into the tournament through a play-in match. So there were, in effect, 25 people. Two of them played off for a final spot in the opening round of 16. Eight players will get a bye, meaning we'll have eight singles matches in round one, eight singles matches in round two, and then we'll be down to a top eight in round three. The eight players getting the bye are the former United States champions. 
In no particular order, those champions are Swaggy D, Hold the Line Harry, Colin the Chrononaut, Eddie Fury, the Harm City Hitman, Andrew Mechie, Teru the Shogun, the Cheetah, and the Screaming Danshee. Here are the first round matches of the United States Championship Contender Tournament. We will see the Phil Birch take on the Goat Brock Smith in round one. We'll see Big Match Pete face Cheshire in round one. We'll see Tartan Terror take on Pat the Thinker. We'll see Lucky Cat Nico take on Chibi. We'll see the Master Strategist Micah Swafford take on Ant West. We'll see Dustin Smith take on Rowdy Ron. We'll see Candyman take on Alexander Slamilton. And the last match of round one, the Meeple Craig Brett will face the winner of the plan match. And let me talk about the plan match. The plan match took place after Talk of the Universe, Wednesday night, the 12th. Brian Waitfort Schmidt, playing as Raven, faced the Dark Prince, playing as the Nightmare King. It was a New York Rules match, so it started at Crowdmeter 1. There were no disqualifications. The winner, who will face Craig Brett in round one of the tournament, Brian Waitfort Schmidt. Congratulations on your victory. I believe that this makes Brian Schmidt ineligible potentially for other titles where the SRG BOSS is in charge of booking. I believe he is ineligible for those for the remainder of the calendar year. Same with the Candyman. I could be wrong on that. I apologize if I am. One last thing about this ongoing tournament. There will be various votes throughout the tournament to determine things, various options, stipulations, etc. I talked about allowing the former champions to use different competitors than the ones they won their belts with initially. They succeeded on that vote. There's been a second vote. The question was put during Talk of Universe to people on the stream. Will you force players in this tournament to stick to one deck list for the whole tournament, or can they change their deck list between rounds by a vote of 60 to 40? That's 60% to 40%. Players will be able to switch the cards in their decks between rounds. That's the news I have on that tournament. The only other championship news I have involves the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship. There's been an ongoing tournament to determine the next contender for that belt. Friday night, they had the finals of that tournament. We had the team of To Be Determined. That is Lucky Cat Nico playing as Macho Manny and Brian Waitfort Schmidt playing as Robert the Brain Dunn. Take on the team Swift Judgment, which is the Cheetah playing as the new version of Cyclone. And the judge, Tim Riley, playing as Mac Attack. This was a New York Rules match, so it started at crowd meter one, and there were no disqualifications. The match ends up going to crowd meter two, and the winners who will face the team of Candyman, Dan, and Le Penguin for the championship are swift judgments. So we'll see the Cheetah versus the Penguin for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship coming soon. That's all I have.
for featured matches outside of what's going to happen on Sunday Night Fights. That information will be tacked on to the end of the show. There were two online tournaments as far as I know. And if I've missed any tournaments or featured matches besides what was at Misomania and what's happening on Sunday Night Fights, I apologize. Let me give you the results of those tournaments. First, we had Monday night, the Monday night consigliere fights. 24 players, 6 groups, 4 players per group. Top 12 make the top cut. There were 4 buys in the first round of the top cut. The remaining 8 played New York Rules singles matches. In the quarterfinal round, the players played Steel Cage. In the semifinals, they played dark matches. The finals match and the third place match were tables matches. The top four were, in fourth place, playing as the new version of Hollywood, Cheshire. In third place, playing as Johnny Korea, the cannoli. The finalists were Chris Pate as Sammy the Draw Callahan and James Booker as Macho Manny with the winner, Chris Pate as Sammy the Draw Callahan. Congratulations to Chris Pate for his victory. The second tournament of the week, the 100th running of Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Congratulations to Chibi for hitting that milestone. There were 32 players in this 100th running of the tournament. Group stages, eight groups, four players per group, top two from each group, Make the top cut, rounding out the top 16. Round of 16, played using New York Rules. Round of 8, played using Beast Unchained. Semifinals, played with Ring of Fire. The finals match and the third place match were main event stipulation matches. Top 4 were, in 4th place, playing as Chamomile T, the Screaming Danshee. In 3rd place, playing as Candyman, Drew Madsen. The finalists were Ken Fouché playing as the Mark Jeff Bravo and Zach Ashley playing as Fun Time Bob. With the winner, Zach Ashley. Congratulations to Zach for winning the 100th Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. Before I get to Sunday Night Fights, though, Two quick things. First, I made a misstatement talking about Monday Night Consigliere fights. The top cut, the 12 players that made the top cut, weren't just the top 12, period. It was the top two from each of the groups. That's always the way it is, but I realize saying top 12, people might think I'm at the 12 best records overall. It's the two best records per group, six groups in total, so 12 out of the groups. The other thing is this, there's been a post with a little more information about the events at Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. Apparently, Jeff McPeak and Jeremy Steigerwald are going to be organizing those events, and they did confirm there's going to be a tag team tournament. That's all we have so far. I expect we'll hear more in the next few days leading up to the events. I won't have a show come out between now and the end of Huntsville, so I will just have to give you the results when I have them. If you're going to Huntsville, just keep a lookout 
in the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook for what SRG Universe is doing at Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. Now, on to Sunday Night Fights. Three matches for Sunday Night Fights this week. Big match card. It opens with the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship on the line as Cheetah, playing as two cats, two purrius, takes on champion Mark Perry, playing as F and Impact. This match goes to Crowd Meter 2. The story of the match is pretty much domination by Mark Perry. Mark Perry, winning the majority of the turn rolls, gets through his deck. I don't think Cheetah ever gets through his deck. Mark Perry gets through his deck very quickly. And at crowd meter two, Mark Perry hits the finish. The Cheetah unable to break out. Mark Perry retains. He's still the LFF Tornado Tag Team Champion. Congratulations to him. The next matchup is the first ever attempted defense of the Veterans Championship. We previously had the inaugural championship match. The winner of that, the inaugural champion, Greg Shockley, was attempting to make his first defense tonight. He's the champion with the man from IT. He takes on challenger Jeff McPeak, playing as Pretty Boy Snow. Again, the only requirement for the Veterans Championship is you have to be a veteran of the American Armed Forces to challenge for the championship. And then the people who run that championship determine how veterans can challenge for the belt. This match goes to crowd meter one. In this case, the challenger is pretty much the dominant dice roller of the night, wins the majority of the turn rolls. Greg Shockley never gets the man from IT's gimmick to go off. And at crowd meter one, Jeff McPeak successfully capitalizing on this, hits the finish. Greg Shockley cannot break out. Jeff McPeak is the new veterans champion. Congratulations to him for his victory. The final match of the night, a ladder match for the Underworld Championship. The challenger, the corrugated cardboard villain playing as Shaggy Shark. The champion, the prize fighter, Simon Davner, playing as Brian Cage, is the effing machine. The match goes to crowd meter zero. At crowd meter zero, the champion hits a finish with a ladder in play, rolls over 10, and because there's a ladder in play, it's not possible for the corrugated cardboard villain to kick out. And so, the prize fighter, Simon Davner, retains. Congratulations to him for his victory. Afterward, it is announced that for the remainder of Simon Davner's Underworld Championship run, Shaggy Shark, who was on commentary tonight during that match, will be on commentary for every single Simon Davner Underworld Championship match. So he walks away with the big prize, but. He now has this to look forward to for the remainder of his run. Even so, congratulations to him and to all of the victors from tonight. There were also a few announcements that were made. First, between the Tornado Tag and the Veterans Championship match, 
Swaggy D came on and spoke about his current best of Tri-State 2023 tournament. This started out as an unofficial tournament, became semi-official, and now it has been officially announced that the winner of this tournament will be the next number one contender for the LFF Tri-State Championship. They're currently in the semifinal round. The semifinalists are the star maker Everett Stevens, who will be facing Thebes Pinckney in the semifinals, and the beast Michael Kerr, who will be facing Johnny Eldorado in the semifinals. These matches will be played using the Liger's Den stipulation, although Thebes Pinckney and Michael Kerr have a GM's favor that would allow them to change the match to a standard singles match if they choose. We don't know if they will, but they have that option. It was also announced that the World Heavyweight Championship contender birdcage match has been moved a week. It was originally scheduled to be on the April 23rd episode of Sunday Night Fights. It's going to be on the April 30th episode instead. And then, as a reminder, tomorrow night, April 17th, the LFF Trios Championship will be on the line. The champion, Chugonomics, will attempt to defend against challenger, Simple Chuck. And that is going to do it for the news from this week's show. Keep watching SuperShowTheGame.com, the online events section under shop, to find out news about any upcoming tournaments like a Monday Night Consigliere Fights or a Chibi's Thursday Night Fights or any other pop-up type events that could happen this week. Twitch.tv slash SRGUniverse should be hosting the SRG Dojo Tuesday night, 8 p.m. if you want to check that out. With that being said, I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.